Hi, this is Mark at Postal Connections. We're conveniently located on 12th Street and US 1 in the Public Shopping Center, uh, 1275 Suite 2. And we'd love to help you with your shipping needs as you get ready to head back north. Uh, we can help you with your golf clubs, your clothing. Uh, we're going to make it easy for you. So come and see us, 12th Street and US 1, the Public Shopping Center. Mark with Postal Connections, and you can reach us at 772-778-4241. Thank you. Say that number again. 772-778-4241. Postal Connections, it's good enough for the mayor. They'll do a great job for you, I promise you. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and happy one-year anniversary to me. Today is the one-year anniversary of It's All About the Questions on iHeartRadio, Waxy, and iTunes. So please um, join me in congratulating me and all of you amazing listeners, because I can't do it without you, and you make every single episode of this show something that I want to listen to over and over, and thank you all for your amazing feedback. And one of the reasons this show, to me, is so spectacular is because of connections. And what if you could make a million dollars because of who you know, just by connecting people you know to do business together? Do you think it's possible? Well, it is possible. And my guest today, Sohil Khan, is going to tell us how you can leverage the connections you have and put people together to make a lot of money. So I want to welcome calling in from the UK today. See, it's such an international show. Um, Sohel, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me and uh, happy anniversary. Thank you so much. I almost forgot it was today and then I went, wait, this is the week. It's Very the first cool. anniversary. So um, big show with you here today. And, you Thank know, you. so I could go through your bio and I could read everything that you've done, but there's nothing better than experience. So here's the question. Is it truly possible to make millions of dollars with your Rolodex? Most certainly it is. I mean, you know, it's all about leverage and uh, it's all about connections. And uh, the, the thing is, one thing that I've learned, to be honest with you, you know, from making millions to losing millions and then coming back on my feet very, very quickly is um, through my connections. So it's interesting because someone has always got something that somebody else needs. And if you can build those relationships and those connections and put those people together, then there's, of course, there's lots of money to be made. And, and, and very, I wouldn't say very easy money, but it's, um, it's, it, it, it is fundamentally uh, not difficult to uh, create those sort of relationships and then also leverage those relationships to be able to make a million dollars. You know, you mentioned leveraging. And, and how do you define leveraging a relationship? Good question. Um, leveraging really is by uh, applying and creating uh, opportunities, okay, that are tenfold than what they would normally be by um, doing uh, an activity or a, or a task that you can have in terms of uh, utilizing the connections you have. So all it really is is that you're tapping into your existing Rolodex or your existing connections or the people you know, and by leveraging that, um, uh, you do less work because the work is mostly done by your connections, 
and then you profit from that by taking a percentage of whatever the result is. Now, I've heard the terms for that kind of business, that kind of putting things together of joint ventures, strategic partnerships, um, yes. brokering. What, what do you call it? It, it, it has many names. Uh, in the corporate space, it's called strategic alliances. In the small business space, it's called joint ventures. So basically what a joint venture really is, it's just a, uh, a mutual uh, agreement be- between two or more entities to, to work together and share the same resources. So uh, an example I always give for that is let's say you have a bathroom tile, a luxury bathroom tile manufacturer and a luxury suite manufacturer, a bathroom suite manufacturer. Both of these companies share the same resources because they have the same customer base. The only issue is most times these two companies will see each other as competitors and that's where a third entity comes into the, um, into the mix known as a joint venture broker or a uh, joint venture consultant and that's the person that really puts these companies together and makes his commission or his money from the sales that are made between these two companies. Now, do you necessarily know both companies that are involved, or do you just know one, and then you figure out what they need? How does good that question. work? Um, the good question. I mean, normally um, at my, um, my boot camps, we do, a, we do an exercise um, for people who attend, and what we do is we, uh, we go through their current network or their current Rolodex, and we try to get them to... Um, uh, you know, um, uh, to, 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 to identify who they know and how they can put them together. So it may be people you already know, or it could be um, if you're working as a joint venture broker, for example, you will have a client who approaches you and said, hey, he says, hey, Sahel, we want to really grow our business. It's a catch-22 for us. We don't really have the funds for marketing and advertising, uh, but we have a great product that sells really well. Now, applying something like strategic alliances or joint venture partnerships most of the times requires no upfront cost whatsoever because the marketing is already being done by a JV partner who is the company who promotes your client's product, for example. So there's no cost upfront to your client. Uh, so it's not a catch-22 situation anymore. And any money that's made, a percentage is given uh, to the JV partner from the client. And as me brokering the deal, I get my percentage overall also. So there's legal contracts and things involved to make sure that nobody feels, let's use the word, shafted in the deal? Yes, it really, it really depends on the, on the sort of deals you do. Um, I tend to, uh, when I'm working higher, higher deals, I have a legal uh, contract or legal agreement that is looked over by an attorney, for example. Um, I have done uh, joint ventures on handshakes before, but um, nowadays you need to have an agreement in place because the whole thing is when it involves any um, uh, any transfer of money, for example, then you need to have an agreement in place. And the agreement is what really helps you um, avoid, like you said, being shafted. But you know what? Touch wood. Um, I've never been in a situation where I have had that happen to me because we also do our due diligence to identify the companies that we want to work with and that we want to partner. So that's all done and we work with credible companies. Um, there's so many different avenues that you can go down to do that due diligence to make sure that the companies you're working with, they won't backdoor you or you won't get shafted or they will pay you. So um, there are ways to avoid that very easily. And, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the point in case. Most human beings 
always think negatively before they, they think positively. So they'll always ask questions like, oh, so what if this happens? So what if that happens? So what if this happens? But, you know, most of them, you know, they, they, should, they need to go forward and attempt doing a joint venture partnership or, or brokering, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a relationship deal, first of all, to get that experience. So, um, you know, I've done this hundreds of times. So I know talking from experience and plus, you know, I've trained brokers all over the world. And we've never had those issues because we go through a proper system where we do all that due diligence. So that doesn't really affect us at all. Well, what if somebody just connects people because they're like, oh, you should meet this person. You should meet that person. In a way, it's like a joint venture relationship, but there's no monetary aspect to it. So how do you switch perhaps from being the person that knows everybody and connects everybody to somebody that's making a living doing this? So this is a, this is a fantastic question because it's a question I always get asked. You know, I, I, um, I, I used to do a lot of speaking around the world um, a few years ago. I don't do as much um, uh, international speaking as I used to because um, I'm, I'm up to my eyeballs with um, working with uh, clients. But when I used to um, uh, speak at very, very big um, conferences and, and, you know, we had a couple of thousand people in the room, one of the most common questions that I was asked was, hey, you know, what you're doing for a living, I already do it, but, but I, I, I don't get paid. And how do I get paid? So you've heard the term um, out of sight, out of mind, okay? What right. you need to be doing is if you're connecting people together, number one, you need to tell them that this is what you do for a living. Okay, so you need to frame that, that this is what you do for a living. This is your job. So people understand that, you know, this is how you make your living. Number two, if you connect two people together, you need to make sure that you're always in touch and in contact on a regular basis to see how they're getting on. So if they eventually do this, you know, million dollar deal or if they make a couple of million dollars doing something, you are always, you know, in their mind. You're always in their mind because, you know, they all think to themselves, hey, you know, um, Sahel put us together and Sahel was instrumental in making sure that this, this happened. I think we should give him something or I think we should give him him a percentage. So this is one of the reasons why I have actually met people um, in different places around the world who actually put people together. They made millions of dollars and they and, and this poor person didn't get nothing from it because I because, you know, I, I, I would say to them, well, you know, you need to be a bit more instrumental, a bit more involved. Because what would have happened is if you put them together and they did all the work to make that money, they wouldn't give you anything out of it because they would they would have immediately thought that hey we've done all the work and you know that was the, that was the situation. So I think if you really want to get round it and if you're good at putting people together and you want to know how to get paid, that's the approach you should take. Be upfront about it and say I do this for a living. Yeah, uh, and this is yeah, what is, my fee is. Yeah, which is what I do. I mean, you don't want to be, uh, I've met people, I've been, I've been to um, conferences where I've met people come up to me and say, hey, you know, I can connect to you with, you know, let's say uh, Richard Branson, for example, and uh, I, my fee is $10,000, you know, for making that connection, or I can do this. And it's, that, 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 you don't want to be the person who looks like an idiot, basically, because you're trying to make money off people. But what you want to do is you want to say, hey, you know, this is what I do for a living. And yes, yeah, so sure, sure, I can do that. You know, and, and how I normally make my living is, if a deal is done or if business is, if business is exchanged, you know, I normally get a percentage from it. Uh, and, and that's what I do. I, I broker deals. Um, so that's more of the, you know, softer approach to take and, and not really look like an, like an idiot in front of people who's just interested in putting people together just to make money. Um, so it's you know, all about, 
it's all about creating the value for both parties. Yes. All right. And when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to talk to Sohel Khan about how you can get started today being a JV broker. Sohel, Alex M. sent me an email and he's like, he really wants to understand what you mean by um, connecting people. So like an example, I mean, you're known as the joint venture expert, one of the top, if not the top guy in the world doing this kind of work. How did that happen for you? And can you give an example? Yeah, I mean, uh, how it all started for me, it's, it's quite interesting. You know, I originally uh, trained as an accountant, and um, I, I, I spent a brief time working in the city as an accountant, which I found very boring. Um, no offense to the accountants out there. And um, when I left that, um, I uh, went into a different area altogether, you know, information technology and IT. And um, uh, I... After that, I created a business, uh, a very successful business, um, selling uh, e-learning software. And that company um, I built to, um, to, 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 to basically to 10 figures, um, a very successful uh, company using the power partnerships. And one of the things we had was we had a, uh, you know, we had a call center um, of 25 people that would uh, take in calls and we would sell software to companies. And one of the things that we did in terms of generating leads for the business is we went out and generated leads uh, basically for free together with other companies, um, online portals who had the uh, customers that we were after. And we basically offered um, a free module from one of our online training courses to their list or to their um, visitors. And that would generate uh, hundreds of leads for us uh, on a daily basis. And that was one of the first um, forays into, um, you know, creating partnerships and joint ventures. And then in 2000 and, uh, uh, 2006, I sold that IT company um, to a large 150 million IT group. And in 2008, that IT group went bust. Um, uh, they owned a majority stake in my company. And then uh, in 2008, I lost everything. So I went from being a multimillionaire to totally broke in uh, 2008. And then in 2009, I set myself a challenge to make a million dollars in 12 months um, using uh, joint venture partnerships. And I was very fortunate to, um, uh, to close a, 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 a big joint venture deal um, with uh, a company that had over 4.2 million customers on their list. And um, that was uh, just over $1.5 million I got paid for that. So I was very fortunate to come back on my feet and... Uh, uh, joint ventures, basically um, going out there and finding the resources that other people have um, when I didn't have anything, to be honest with you, putting these deals together was, um, uh, you know, uh, was really the thing that brought me back. You made it sound pretty simple. I'm <laughs> guessing that there's a lot more to it than just opening a conversation with two yeah, parties. I think, I, I, yeah, I think it's putting opportunities as well. You know, you need to, what I, call, what I call is the joint venture mindset. You know, you need to have and be open to um, collaboration and opportunities. And when you're having these conversations, I mean, one of the things I can definitely, um, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 I can do right now and, and, and give some really good tips is, is in terms of how to, how to network and how to connect with people. So okay. let's say, for example, if you're going to an event and you're meeting people, um, there's only two questions you need to ask people, and just just two questions. The first question is an icebreaker question, and that's, you know, for example, let's say you meet Mike at a, at a networking event. You would ask Mike the question, 
you know, hi, Mike, how did you get started as a whatever they are? If they're, you know, a um, CEO of a pharmaceutical company or if they're a, a tradesman, you know, hi, Mike, how did you get started as a blank, whatever whatever it is they are? Then, you know, let them talk, let them talk about themselves because people like talking about themselves and that's a good way to build rapport. And if we're interested in that person, they'll like us even more because people like other people who are interested in them, Okay. So um, once you've asked that question, the second follow-up question would always be, so Mike, how can I help you, you know, uh, sell more of your product or your service? Or how can I help you um, uh, grow more of your business? What exactly do you need? So after that, you just want to basically shut up and be quiet and just listen to this person because they will tell you exactly what it is they need. Then you go out into the marketplace or into your connections and find exactly what this person needs, put them two together. Obviously, they do a deal. Any money that's made from it, you pick that up as a commission. Is there a standard commission that you would take on something like that, or it varies? It varies. Yeah, it varies on a lot of uh, aspects. It varies on the product. Is it a high margin? Is it a low margin? Is it a high ticket, low ticket? But average in terms of, I mean, I've had deals where I've done 50-50 split on deals. I've had deals where I've, you know, taken uh, 10%. Um, I've had deals where I've done 20%. So it really differs in terms of, what the product is, and, 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 and how you're putting the deal together. You're also at a point now in your career and your um, let's um, notoriety is not the right word, but how well you're known for what you do that you actually sometimes do a deal for a percentage of the company? Yes, correct. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, one of the reasons why I do that, and I'll explain, you know, I, I, my son is now one year old, um, and, you know, I became a father a year ago. And it changed my whole life. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's really, really the most mind-blowing experience you can go through. And, and it made me think more about the future. As in, you know, um, we're really, you know, we're, we're, we're financially stable. So I don't really need to work if I don't have to, but I enjoy doing what I do. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I like to do more things for my son. So, you know, the equity stake in companies where I either do joint venture consulting or brokering, uh, is really for him, you know, when he gets older, you know, he will have, um, uh, you know, uh, interests in quite a few diverse businesses, which he could actually choose to work with and do what he, he would want to do. So uh, it, it's all it's all it's all about looking into the future for that. So. By the way, the last picture I saw of your son, he's so adorable. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> he, he really looks he, like, um, you know, a, a mini me of you. It's so cool. Yeah, he's, he's very cute. Yeah. Uh, so you had him when I started the show, pretty much one year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's right. Yeah. yeah Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank now, you. Now, can deals be done at any size company or are they only worthwhile doing if they're a large company? Uh, deals can be done anywhere. I mean, I've done deals with people who sell online products. I've done deals with... Uh, people on the high street, um, uh, you know, I've done deals with, uh, you know, um, multi-million dollar companies. My uh, preference nowadays, and I've been doing this for 15 years, so I deal with a lot of um, Fortune uh, 500 and 100 companies. You know, that's where my main target is, and that's uh, what I prefer to do uh, in terms of the, the, the much bigger return. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, uh, deals can be done anywhere. You know, uh, th- there is a process for uh, for doing the deal, and it's the, it's the same process whether it's small or small or big. So it's just a matter of of knowing. It doesn't matter where you're starting out. If you know people, you can try to help them grow their business by connecting them. Correct. Yes. 
and you're going to share with us um, after the news break how you that process that you just mentioned. Yes. Okay, perfect. So we have uh, just a couple of minutes before the break. Who would you say are your business heroes? I mean, obviously, Richard Branson is probably uh, one of the, 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 the one of the guys that I looked up to. And you know, it's quite it's quite bizarre because um, there's a lot of um, uh, business influences that I grew up um, admiring, who have now become really good friends. And you know, that's thanks to the power of social media. You know, uh, if anyone wants to learn more about sort of like the psychology of influence, a lot of what we do is about influence and, and relationships. There's a great book called The Psychology of Influence by uh, a friend of mine, Robert Cialdini. Um, that is a fantastic book um, that, you know, if anyone wants to learn about how to influence people and how to make those sort of connections and rapport, that's a really, really good book. But I think people like, you know, uh, Richard Branson, uh, Elon, uh, Elon Musk is probably one of the guys that I'm, I follow quite a lot in terms of some of the stuff that he's done. And anyone involved who, who was involved earlier on in the PayPal, um, I think they call them the PayPal Mafia, um, those guys are definitely you know, worth um, uh, looking at in terms of what they're doing now uh, with different business models. So, yeah, I mean, those are sort of guys that I, I, I follow. So those guys are people who shook up the status quo, found yeah. their own blue ocean strategy, Correct. but then used their influence with other people to help grow their businesses. Yes, yes, totally. So they were definitely... And, 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 yeah, and again, it's all about le- and again, it's all about leverage. That's what they did. They, they leverage what they had and what they created to create other, um, uh, you know, other disruptions in the industry. And uh, they've just done extremely well. And now Richard Branson is talking about selling his airline, which created a whole other disruption in the industry. Why is he selling? It's kind of fascinating to me. <laughs> yeah, I think basically, I think an offer was made, and, and he's not the only shareholder anymore. So I think he. He's not in a position to block that anymore, so I think it's it's definitely going to go ahead. And um, but he doesn't have that core influence in terms of the shareholding anymore, which is what I believe. So. Which is fascinating. We'll be right back after the news break, and Sohel is going to teach us how you can put together a joint venture deal. If you are just joining us on iHeartRadio or Waxy FM or listening on the podcast, uh, we are here with Sohel Khan, joint venture expert, talking to us about how you can leverage who you know which, as you know, this show is all about not only who you know, but what you know and the questions you ask. So you can leverage who you know to help put together amazing value propositions and make money at it through joint venture partnerships. And so, Hill, before the news break, you talked about there's a process for um, putting together joint venture relationships. What is that process? Well, if you want to put together um, joint venture relationships or even put together joint venture deals, you know, there's three steps to what I call the perfect joint venture. So step one is to find a company that has a large and established customer base, which is known as the host, or it could be an individual who has a lot of influence in the marketplace. Uh, you've got to make sure that these, this, is, that this, this, this entity known, known as the host Okay, which will really be your client, to be honest with you, has that positive relationship with either their audience or their customer base, right? And then step two from there is you need to identify a product or service that would interest the host's customers or the host's marketplace. 
um, and then that is basically the uh, the, the tie-up between um, you know putting the host together with a a product. But then the product would come from a company um, who we would normally call the beneficiary that has the product that can uh, you know that that can get involved in the joint venture deal, um, and they would basically be giving up a percentage of their profit um, to be able to get their product into. The, uh, into, the, into the joint venture partners marketplace or into their customer base and then you would be brokering that deal and getting a percentage from the beneficiary or the host or even both. Can you give us an example of that? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, so for example, let's say, um, okay, I'll give an example of a, of a deal that I did. So I had um, uh, a guy approach me, his name was Chris Farrell, and he was um, uh, quite well known in the marketplace. I know Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, of course, okay, great. So Chris approached me, this is a few years ago, and he had a membership site, okay, that he wanted to promote, uh, but he needed someone that, someone who had influence, right? So he needed to uh, connect with someone or collaborate with someone or build a relationship with someone who had uh, the marketplace. And that was a guy called Mike Filsame. Mike Filsame is a very well-known internet marketer, a good friend of mine. Know him as well. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So I connected Chris Farrell uh, with, um, uh, with Mike Filsame. I put these guys together. Um, and they created a, uh, a product between them two, which they did a launch on that product and made just over $4.5 million, and, and I was the broker behind that deal. Okay, so in this particular case, though, and I, and I didn't know you were the broker behind that deal, and that's very cool because I remember people, not, that not launch. People, yeah, not many people do because um, I was told I wasn't allowed to say anything until the launch happened. So when the launch happened, after the launch, that's when I was allowed to tell people that it was me who actually put this um, this whole thing together. So. Okay. Now, in this particular case, you had a beneficiary first. Yes. So you had said, yes, you know, correct. step one, two, and three. So in this particular case, step two, you found somebody who had a product or service and they were looking for a host. So a company yes. with large influence or a list to put the deal. Perfect. Okay, yes, so yes, sometimes correct. it's the reverse. Sometimes you have a big company yes. that's looking for new products to introduce to their clients, and other times correct. you have products looking for, okay. Correct, because I get approached all the time. I might get approached by someone who has a product that they say, look, can you get this into a, 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 a new marketplace, or could you help me uh, get it into a new distribution channel? So I'll say, okay, I'll go out there, and first of all, I'll go, I'll go out looking at my own contacts and see if there's anyone on my Rolodex who fits that bill, uh, and if not, then I'll go out and find that ideal um, a host for this client. Or sometimes it's the other way around. I may have a company that comes and says, look, we've got like 4.2 million customers. We want to know how to um, uh, you know, maximize that. Or is there any way you can help us by going out there and finding uh, good quality products, for example, or someone who can um, you know, provide something that we can promote to our 4.2 million customers. So um, that's, that's a lot of what I, you know, what I end up doing. How do you determine whether the person that you're approaching, say some, say somebody approaches you, okay, yes. how can you vet them to make sure that they are who they say they are and have what they say they do before you open your connections to them? Good question. You know, it's, it's social media. You know, there's loads of uh, tools out there. One is a, a, a site called, I think, socialmention.com 
which is good. You can type in a person's name and it'll tell you how many times their name's appearing out there in the social media space and what people are saying about them. Um, you've got Google Mentions also, which is really, really good. Uh, Google Alerts, sorry. Uh, that can also give you uh, regular alerts in terms of uh, things that are being said about a particular person or company, good or bad, like LinkedIn and Facebook. So it's, it's all out there, and most of it is free in terms of doing due diligence. Um, if we were working on a corporate level, then we will go to um, uh, you know specific uh, targeted um, uh, websites that are used by private investigators um, to do due diligence more further due diligence on partners that we're bringing into any sort of deals that we get involved in. I would imagine it's very critical to be as certain as you possibly can be about each party that you're going to be bringing together. Well, to be honest with you, it's, it, it, it's like your show, you know, ask the right questions, you know, that's what you do. And as, 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 um, as a joint venture expert and building those connections and relationships, it's all in the questions. So if I ask questions and those questions aren't being answered like I think they should be, uh, or, you know, I feel that there's no connection there, then, of course, I, I will not be doing business or I will not be getting involved uh, with that um, particular uh, business entity or getting them into a deal. So some of it's a gut feeling based on it what is, you're yeah. hearing. I mean, I've been doing it. Uh, yeah, when you've been doing this as long as I have, yeah, you, you, sometimes you have to trust your gut. But it is about asking the right questions. You know, you have to ask the right questions. Um, and, and to make sure that you're getting all, as, as many, uh, you know, as much data as you can to be able to make that decision. So what are some of the questions that you'd want to ask somebody before you put them in a deal together? I think there's a, a variety of questions. One is, first of all, you're asking a lot about the background in terms of the business. You want to know exactly, um, first of all, what the product is, for example. Uh, you want to know how much of that product has been sold. You want to know where it's being sold. And one of the most important things we also do, we, we only work with credible companies that have testimonials um, or who will give us permission to speak directly to their customers. So those are the sort of companies that we tend to work with. So they're they're vetted already in some ways because there's a lot Pretty of much. history around the company. Yes. Okay, but yes. what about somebody who's a startup? I mean, I get oh, approached all the time from startup yeah, companies yeah, yeah, yeah. that want here's connections. The, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Startups are fun to work with. Um, I think nowadays, if you really want to study startups and partnering, go to Silicon Valley, okay, and have a look at some of the funded startups and what they're doing in terms of partnering with other well-known brands, okay, like Uber, for example. Uber, when they started um, as a startup, okay, they had a bit of funding when they first started, but they did all these collaborations with brand names to get themselves out there. So in terms of partnering and, and strategic alliances, a lot of the startups do actually have people who set up strategic partnerships for them, and they go out and they partner with very well-known brands, for example, to get them into a bigger marketplace. So, yeah, startups are good. Startups can be fun. You know, there's, if you're working, if you want to work with a startup, to me, just make sure it's at least at least funded first round. It's a first round funded startup. Uh, rather than a startup that basically is uh, doesn't have any money at all, um, you want to be working with those sort of startups that have at least some sort of first round funding or some angel investing already in the company. Those are more, um, I'd say, uh, better better startups to work with. So you don't want to start working with somebody who just has an idea. You want somebody that's yeah, actually gotten yeah. further yeah. along. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It has to have some. It has to have some legs. 
for you to go and approach partners and strategic alliance partners and strategic partnerships, you have to have something to take with you. So it has to have something there of credibility, even if it's minimal credibility, to be able to get those partnerships in place. And it doesn't have to be on an, a national or international level. You could be putting partnerships together on a local level, I'm guessing? Yes, correct. Okay, so if somebody wanted to do something on a local level, what's one of the things they should be thinking about? Well, there's loads of um, different avenues you can go, especially on the local level. I mean, there's loads of partnerships that you can do. Um, there's loads of small businesses. There's loads of companies who uh, require um, uh, partnering and you know who want to... Uh, get together. So, for example, let's say you have a a, cam- a local camera store. You can uh, joint venture them with a travel agent, and you can joint venture them with a computer store, uh, a car accessories company, uh, or car detailer. You can uh, uh, partner them up with a car dealership, and partner them up also with an insurance broker. So, you can do all sorts of sort of uh, a really creative. Uh, partnering, bringing these businesses together and and getting them to um, work with each other. So because they share similar client bases who might be interested in their products, that's why you would be thinking about putting them together. Yes, correct. Okay, because that's an important thing to think about. It's that whole value proposition. What does one get by opening up the other person's list to them and and sharing that? And remember most and remember, most of these businesses see each other as competition, but if, if, they, if they have someone from the outside, a third party, um, like me, like a joint venture broker or, or a joint venture expert, telling them what, how I can help them increase their uh, bottom line or their profits by um, doing a couple of partnerships and collaborations for them on their behalf, then it's, it's much easier. You know, it's interesting that you said that, because when I owned my IT company, you know, my tech services company, I used to regularly do deals with other people, and they people would say, how could you do something with them? They're competition. I'm like, no, they're not. We they're are not. so yeah, complementary to what we're doing, and they're really great at that, and I'm really great at this, so why would we not do business together? Exactly, yeah. It is crazy. And there's so much business out there. It's just, I where I go. I travel, I travel extensively, uh, different countries all the time, and I always see deals and i just get you know i'll tell you a story actually it's quite interesting okay you're actually going to tell me that story when we come back from the commercial break so that this way i don't have to cut you off mid-word so we'll be right back with more from so hell i am always shocked when the show's almost over (laughs) because there's just (laughs) never enough time so hell all right so before the commercial break you were about to tell us a story yeah, so this is the this is the real power of what you can do uh, once you've learned uh, how to do a joint venture partnerships and strategic alliances and understand how collaborations actually work. So a few years ago, um, when I got married, um, I said to my uh, my wife that my wife obviously my wife she's still my wife um, <laughs> <I said laughs> and the mother wife, of your son. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I said to my wife, you know, I'm going to take a year out, and uh, you know, they always say that the um, you know, you have a honeymoon period. The first year of your marriage is really the honeymoon period. So I said, honeymoon for a whole year. Let's go traveling. So I took a year off, and uh, we uh, we uh, we moved to Thailand um, for 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 a couple of months, and uh, we spent a bit of time in Thailand. And my wife, she wasn't really so keen on Thailand. Um, she um, and she's going to hate me saying this, but she comes from a different background than myself. And uh, you know, they she was educated at um, a boarding school, and she's used to the finer things in life. Okay, so um, she was like, oh, you know, I I I want to go somewhere where it's like different or very similar to where we lived before. Obviously, we were from London. 
So I said, look, I've got a few friends in Dubai and I've done business in Dubai before. Let's, let's go to Dubai and check Dubai out. And she had never been to the Middle East. So we then moved from Thailand to Dubai. And it was fantastic. You know, we, 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 got a, we, we rented a villa on the Palm, which is this big, massive um, uh, Palm that they have uh, over in Dubai that you can see from, the, from space. Uh, and um, I, I got bored. I got bored doing nothing. Um, and then what I decided to do was, while I was in Dubai, was set up a publishing company for my wife. And how I did that was I actually partnered with a lot of the local um, uh, conference and organizations and exhibition companies, because conferencing is massive in Dubai. You know, there's always big conferences going on. So I actually partnered with these conference uh, companies. Then I partnered with uh, a lot of trainers and consultants in Dubai. And we created this magazine called Training Magazine Middle East. The, the, um, the, tra the trainers and the consultants wrote, wrote the content. So I crowdfunded, really, the, I, I crowdfunded the content. We didn't write the content. We had other people writing the content, and we had all the exhibition companies and all the uh, conference companies promoting the magazine at all their big conferences. So we would get invited to all these lavish conferences and exhibitions that people were paying $5,000 to attend as the, as the main uh, publisher of the magazine for the actual um, conference. Lavish um, events we went to in the evenings, you know, they had th these big dinner parties and it was fantastic. You know, we were getting paid at the same time. We were, we, we were, we were selling advertising space all on the back of partnering with people and partnering with, the, with companies in, in Dubai because we had no idea about the marketplace. We didn't know anything about the marketplace, but what we did is we leveraged to create this publishing business. Okay, you was, blipped you know, for a second. Uh, All you did was leverage other people's what? You blipped. Re other people's resources to create this publishing company, which, you know, we built up to, uh, you know, six figures and, and sold just uh, last year. So once again, just leveraging connections of who you, who you know or people that you know can help you take things to the next level. Exactly. So, okay. you know, we, we went on to, yeah, we, we just found the, the right people, the right partners, they helped us set up this publishing company, and you know we didn't do anything. You know, all we were was just putting these people together, and uh, and voila, we had a, a publishing business overnight. Okay, now Susan A just texted me, and she's really fascinated by all this, and she's wondering are there, are there resources she can use to learn more about it? I know you have a book out as well with the guy who wrote yes. the forward for my book, Jay Conrad Levinson, yes. and um, there, you also have a website. Can you share with Susan A and a bunch of my other listeners how they can find sure, out? Sure, yeah. If you want to. If you want to find out more about um, how joint ventures work, watch more videos and, and, and grab more resources, it's at my site, www.milliondollarpartnering.com. Uh, you can also get a copy of my book there as well, Guerrilla Marketing and Joint Ventures. Um, if you want to find out more about how to become a joint venture broker or a joint venture consultant, then go to www.brokeringbootcamp.com. And I, I have a, a boot camp coming up actually in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas. Um, so if you're interested to attend that, go to that website and register your details and interests, and um, I'll get on a call with you and tell you more about that program. Okay, so say those sites again. MillionDollarPartnering.com and uh, BrokeringBootCamp.com. So you're coming back to the United States in yes, a couple of weeks. Again. Um, I wish that I could come out to Vegas and, and be a part of that, but I've got a speaking gig at the same time as the conference. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely get you out to the next one. I'm I'm looking forward to it because there's so much 
that you can do, but, you know, like the question I posed at the beginning, if you've been doing this and just connecting people because you like to connect people, it's okay to say, I do this for a living. Yeah. And there may be times that you just want to connect somebody because you want to connect them, but you can also make money at this because you're providing value and connecting people to value. And that's what it's all about, yes. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, found out that I know somebody who has a million-person list. Wow. An active list. So you and I are going to have to talk about that. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And figure out how we can leverage the connections that we know inside of our individual Rolodexes. Very cool. So, so help. last thoughts you'd like to leave my listeners with around what we've been talking about, or just business and life? Sorry? Um, last thought you'd like to leave my listeners with? You know what? Um, I, I would say it's, it's, it's something that I've learned a lot of. And, you know, it's, it, it's just the saying that, you know, don't, don't chase the money, chase the lifestyle. So, you know, you, you look at everyone in, in the world and everyone who's been successful and who's made money and who's, people have made millions. But, you know, it, it, it's quintessential to try and get that lifestyle that, that, that you really want to enjoy instead of, you know, spending so much time trying to chase the money, as to say. So, you know, try and do things that will improve your life and improve your lifestyle, even if it's one day at a time, you know, that's what you really, really want to achieve uh, and, 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 and go towards. That will make you, um, trust me, you know, a much more of a happier and content person. That's a very wise thought to say so if somebody's thinking about i'm 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 getting on a bit so (laughs) well you know you've got a new son and you want to provide a great life for him and hopefully not have him have to go through the ups and downs that you had no and you've had an incredible life and amazing experiences so Holland, and you've been all lived all around the world it's something that a lot of people yeah time's settled down now (laughs) And, and are you sitting down in the uk I, I, I am. I mean, we we still have a place um, in in LA, and we still have our place in Dubai. So, um, but I think the UK, because for my son, um, education wise, is going to be our main base now. So, well, that's great, and you know, I'm thankful that you were able to be on the show today. I know it took us a while to put it all together with all of your traveling and and time changes. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great, and for anybody who is thinking about getting involved or creating a new business around joint ventures and becoming a joint venture expert, I can tell you that I know Sohel personally for over, I think, a year now, close to that. And I've never seen him be anything except a man of full integrity. And I was introduced to him by Steve Olsher, who had been on my show, um, one of the first shows that I did last year. Oh, so, cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah we've done a few things. He is very, very yeah. cool. And he's doing some new stuff about influence, um, push-button influence that I think is really, With really Alex cool. With Alex Mendoza. Yeah, and I, I swear they kind of look like brothers from another mother. <laughs> uh, you, you know, he's such a cool guy. I mean, he got me on... Uh, he got me on on the same stage with Brendan Bouchard, which was an amazing experience. And I, I bet then, it was. You know, we've become, yeah, and then we've become really, really good friends. Great, so, and we're going to have to go. So thank you for being on the show, Sohel. And everybody, just, just start thinking about the questions you're asking. Remember, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. 
Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.